Live from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. All right. So I think uh, we've got some crazy weather outside if you're here in the North Texas area. So be safe, be safe, be safe. Crazy high winds, um, sideways rain reported in some um, portions of Collin County. So just be really careful. So we think it was uh, causing a few technical issues in studio today, but Brett has got it under control now. So we're ready to rock with, and welcome back from Labor Day. We're ready to rock with Dr. Be Good of the Ask Dr. Be Good show. I don't hear anything. Oh, okay. Well, when, when Dr. Be Good comes on, we will have her, her chit-chatting with us. We've also got James Seller coming on today. We have um, Congressman Van Taylor coming on today. So just tons to update us on. Um, you know, we are getting ready to approach the um, 20th anniversary of 9-11, and um, we'll be doing a, a, a special tribute to those we lost and those brave heroes who helped us so much 20 years ago. Um, you know, just look back and 20 years went in the blink of an eye. And then we kind of look at, you know, how safe are we now as Americans with um, all the unrest that has happened um, lately here um, in the Afghanistan area. So anyway, so just tons, tons going on. Do we have Dr. Good yet? Let's see. I'm going to I'm going to ping her and um, let her know um, we are on. Okay. There we go. Hopefully, we will be able to hear from her soon. Um, I'm here. Uh, oh, I'm here. yes, there she is. All right. So sorry we, about the. We had some technical issues earlier. How are you this morning? I'm fine. I have a, a, an appointment I had to do at 8.30, so I drove here to, at the appointment place so that I could be on with you all. I love it. Love it. We so. love it. Well, since you've got an appointment, let's get right into it. Let's talk about, you yeah. know, okay, we're, we're um, everybody has officially started school now, even those that didn't start until after Labor Day. We've got, you know, some kids have been in school. It will almost be a month coming up here this month? this week, which is insane. In the first month, if you're one of those who, who has already started before Labor Day, you started sometime in August. Dr. Good, what should parents be looking for? What should you be aware of with your kids? So <clears throat> this was a really good uh, time for me to reflect around the first month of school. Now that I have time because I'm retired, I can do that. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, the first thing I would ask a parent is, have you had communication with your kids' teachers? If the answer is yes, hey, fantastic. You know, go to the uh, what to do, how to do nice things for your teacher, you know, to keep them happy and, and do something on that list for them, right? Keep your teacher happy. She's communicating with you or he's communicating, and that's great. Yep. But if you haven't had any communication then it's time. You're, you know, if you've been in a month and you haven't had communication from any or some of the teachers, then you need to be proactive and reach out to them. So you can reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, you, you've been in school now a month during this COVID time. I hope everything is fine. Anything I can do to support you, that kind of stuff. Oh, and how, how's my child doing, by the way? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah you can, exactly. You can write that, but... <laughs> but you know, be that friendly parent that cares, you know, about the teacher as well. So that should get the communication flowing very well. And other reminders are, have you gotten a three-week progress report? Because, you know, if you're a six-week school, for example, that you get a report card every six weeks, you normally get a progress report at the third week, which 
let you know if your kid's on track for passing. Right. If you haven't gotten a three-week progress report, that might be a good reason to email also. To say, uh, when is the progress report coming out? I, I'd like to know where my child is. Which leads one to understand about grades and grading portals. <laughs> Excuse me, have you gone into your child's grade portal online yep. and looked at grades? So if you are saying, oh my gosh, I haven't done that. I don't even know how to log in. Call the school or reach out to the teachers and ask for your login information. Or you can also ask your child because your child has access to the grading portal, his, his or her uh, level of access. And they can share with you also where they are if the getting your login is taking longer than what you'd like. Right. So these are all just reminders of what you should be thinking about. Here we are, the first month of school. You know, hopefully your, your child's class hasn't been sent home because of COVID yet. Um, and your child is getting in school actual teaching and learning. So now we need to see what the grades are looking like and, and what support that may need right. as well. So, well, well, and again, you don't, uh, my, want, you don't want your kid to get – it's one of those things. You've got to be proactive. You've got to teach your, your, your child, your student to be proactive. Um, it, you know, it can't just fall in the lap of the school. This is one of those kind of, um, oh, I don't know, an opportunity to teach self-responsibility, self-reliance, self-awareness, and things like that to your child, especially at a young age, which is like, which is what you like to do. Yes. You know, the, really the, the best use of the grade portal in my world, and you've heard me say it, but I'm working to the gaps in the room, as I always do, is that Every weekend, you should be sitting down with your child and say, let's open up the grade portal. Let's say what. It, let's see what's happened this week. Are there any missing grades? Are there any missing assignments? And so that's a conversation that becomes an ongoing conversation about school, about the content area, about anything interesting that's happening in class and so forth. And so it, I would hope that over time, that would become a very valuable relationship. Right practice right that that parents and kids would well the parents would enjoy it i don't know it depends on <laughs> where the child is the kids might not enjoy it but if they Maybe knew that, so much. It, that it was coming if they knew it was coming every week it would right. encourage them to get those uh, assignments in and not have to talk about missing grades for the folks right right so so there's that um so let's see is your child special ed 504 dyslexia other health impaired have, have those teachers reached out? Have you heard from them? Have those practices even started? A lot of times uh, parents are surprised to hear that even after three or four weeks, the dyslexia services or the speech therapy hasn't started. And if it hasn't started and you've asked your child and you say, no, I'm not being fooled, that's, a, that's an email. That's, yes. you know, nobody should take four weeks to get services started, right? So, uh, again, all of these reminders to parents about making sure that the school is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And sometimes it takes friendly reminders from parents to get the, even the teachers and the administrators to go, Oh yes, thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Right. And, right. and so, you know, you keep it civil, you keep it professional, but you, you know, stay the advocate for your child that you need to be. Right. Because, you know, not every school is going to be that perfect school. This it's run by humans, and we don't all have perfect humans in our, in our school. <laughs> and we're not perfect. Right? <laughs> no. So um, student communication is another area of 
making sure a parent is doing that. Are you asking your child, if you're not doing the great portal thing yet, are you asking your child about school? And, and, you know, when they get in the car, if you say, how was school? They say, fine. And you leave it at that. That's, that's not, not a conversation, right? No, but that's, that happens every day, It right? does. Oh, I, I'm, I'm laughing at myself because that's the conversation that I have with my kids over the years many a times. And I'm like, so you try to act, you've, you've always encouraged, and this is what I've always tried to do, ask an open-ended question so it can't be yes, no, or fine. Right. Did you learn anything today? No. Well, well it's good you're going back tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about that, right? Yes. So you can't ask the yes and no questions because they're just going to give you the shortest answer. Their heads are rolling and spinning. They've been interacting with friends and right. there's, you know, probably some mini drama going on in, in their grade level, and that's what they're thinking about. And so it's up to you to not to ask them about that mini drama because parents don't need to get involved in that. Let, let the kids self-modulate uh, that if they can. And if they can't, the teachers will step in. But um, be that parent that asks things like, so what was your favorite part of your day today? And if they say lunch, say, okay, you can't, you can't say lunch and you can't say PE. Talk to me about some other, you know. And so you, you almost have to out-navigate, out-maneuver them and their thinking because they're going to try to give you the, the shortest answers. But um, here's what we're looking for now because of COVID, because we're in our third year, because many kids are at school for the first time in a year and a half, especially our secondary kids. We've all heard the, the research on the middle schoolers, and they're the ones who had the most depression and so forth. Be looking for clues. Is your child enjoying or at least not bulking much at having to get up and go to school right, right. a month in. There are clues. Kids, <clears throat> all negative behavior done by kids can be traced back to clues that were left by the kids all along. Little crumbs of your betrayal. Right. When we reflect back, even on the serious stuff like school shootings and so forth, there were clues that were missed. Right. Now, we've gotten very good at picking up those clues, let me say that. And so there are whole trainings on picking up the clues of, of serious, of clues that lead to serious behavior when unchecked. But let's be proactive in making sure that the mental health of our kids is caught early. And so if you're seeing kids, you know, yes, they're grumbling to get out of bed. They probably stayed up later than they should have after you said lights out. But they're still putting, you know, their pants on and they're still getting down to breakfast on time and they're still getting out the door on time. And that's happening pretty regularly. Those are good clues that, you know, nothing too bad is going on in school. Right. But if you're starting to pick up clues that doesn't want to get out of bed, doesn't want to talk, grades aren't great, teacher saying, you know, not talking, not talking at all. Matter of fact, very shut down. Those are mental health clues that we need to pay attention to, especially now. Oh, definitely. Right? And so, well, and Dr. Good, what's what will your, um, these are all such great things. Are you going to continue this conversation on your show this Sunday? Because this is one of those, this is, there's a lot of information here, especially, you know, we've got the anniversary of 9-11 coming up. We've got the unrest around the world. We've got, you know, COVID, pandemic, all of these things. So is this something you're going to be further discussing on Sunday? I'm, I'm going to discuss this, and I also have a, a guest on, Nitu Rishi, who's written a second book. Her first book was, uh, is called A Different Monday, where she talks about 
a parent and child turning turning Mondays into positive things. And so I think we've had so much politics lately in public education that I wanted to bring somebody on who can give us strategies to be more positive, especially on Mondays, right? And so uh, she um, has written a second book, and she's going to be talking about her second book called uh, Unstoppable Me. And again, just I'm trying to bring resources to to our audience, to our parents, to our educators, to help themselves and their kids stay more positive in our very tumultuous world right now. Matter of fact, the last one on my checklist is the parent self-care. Are you remembering to model self-care in front of your children? Absolutely. And, and that's so, we've so done, important. We've done, you know, we've talked about that before, the self-care of parents. But it's not only parent self-care, but it's modeling self-care in front of your kids, talking about why mom likes to go to the picture gallery, um, special exhibition all by herself, and or maybe every once in a while taking an older child so that they can start that conversation around this particular um, peacemaker from, from this parent, right? right? And so it could over time become that for the child. Um, and I, I hate to be gender biased, but, you know, many times it's dads who use the golf course as their place to rest and, and to reflect and to let go, right, of the week things that right. that uh, mentally drag them. Well, and so, moms and females, we're kind of, we're, we're, and that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But we can, we're, we take care of ourselves last. We absolutely, when you're a mom, you put yourself last on the family's priority list you just do and yeah. and and i think that's that does not send the right message because if you're worn out if you're wiped out if you're sick um your your kid doesn't have it doesn't like you said doesn't have a good model to hey you know every so often mom's got to take time out for herself i love y'all you guys rock i'm i'm hitting the nail salon you know or i'm i'm hitting the jogging path or whatever the case may be taking a warm bath and i'm locking the door <laughs> yes <laughs> nobody come so in no. <laughs> Not the dog, not the cat. I can see the paws under the door, yeah. but they're not getting in. I need my bubble bath time. I, you know, it's it's important that kids know that parents need this time right. so that when they get older, they will fall back on those strategies or their own strategies, right. but they'll give themselves permission. You know, we, females especially, we are guilty about guilt and not wanting to give ourselves permission to take the, the few minutes, right? The right. kids are fine. They're they're with dad or they're with somebody else and and you have 20 minutes take them take be it be okay with it absolutely well well we always appreciate you taking time out to be on our show dr good and we will see you sunday morning at eight o'clock on the ask dr be good show have a great day Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All okay. right. Um, great information, great advice. If you've got school age parents and friends who have school age kids, grandparents that you know that have um, their kids are in, in school now, send them this portion of the sh- portion of the show. Let them know about this. Um, we've got James Sellers from Sightmark on next and very excited to have him with us. And we, James, we appreciate you waiting a few minutes. We had some technical is- issues. I don't know if you got caught in the crazy rain this morning. We're thinking maybe, maybe it's the weather. So how are you this morning? Morning, Kathy. Um, things are great. Looks like the weather is about to hit here. So, uh, 
Brace yourself. Yeah, crazy, crazy weather out in the Collin County, Denton County area today. Well, let's let's get right into the meat of this. You know, we've talked about um, responsibility, your family, guns, the importance of um, being able to protect your family. Let, let's talk a little bit further about that today. And and also, um, if you'll right from the beginning, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, if, if they're interested in uh, some of the products you sell, where do they go? Do they come physically in person? Can sure. they buy it online? How do they get in touch with you, James? Absolutely. Well, Sightmark is a leading manufacturer of some of the best optics in the industry, red dots, rifle scopes, and digital night vision. We're a company that was started in Texas. We're based in Mansfield. Um, the best way to see our products would be go to our website, which is www.sightmark.com. And then you can also find our products in Academy, Dash Pro, Cabela's, um, independent gun stores all around the country. Excellent, excellent. We've got, um, I'm actually dropping that into one of our social media feeds this morning so people can get in touch with you and look at your products. Excellent. Well, you, you know, you're touching on a, a very broad topic. Um, you know, I think what, um, you know, what I'd like to just remind everybody um, is how important, you know, values are, I think. Um, you know, if you look at the difference between a family that's that grew up in the hunting shooting tradition um, where the mother and father took their children out, taught them gun safety and responsibility, taught them how to proficiently use a firearm. Um, and then you look at the outcomes. The outcomes are those families are safe. They don't have accidents. They, um, you know, the, the, the kids grow up empowered. They have great experiences hunting and being a part of the outdoors. They have respect for nature, respect for the neighbors. Uh, the type of people learn how to do for themselves and how to help other people. And I, I always tell everybody that that's not familiar with the shooting industry or other, um, you know, people that are hunters and shooters. I've never met a nicer group of people um, that you can count on and you ever need anything. They're yes. always there. So my experience is those type of people really are some of the most loving, caring people on the planet. Um, and Agree. They, Agree. They really are great people. Um, so kind of, you, you look at the, the values where people aren't spending time with their children, not raising them in the outdoors, not giving them opportunities to learn about firearms in a safe environment. And then you thrust these kids into, you know, um, into violent, you know, schools and uh, where they're not getting good education. Um, and then they learn about firearms from other people that, you know, are not interested in the tradition. So I think that's right. where a lot of the, the gun violence comes from is a breakdown and it comes out of breakdown of values. Couldn't agree more. You know, it's one of those things you want to be the one that tells your kids about something as important as gun safety. If you're not the one having the conversation about that with your kids, just like any other topic, I can think of, you know, 10 right now, somebody on the playground is going to talk to your kid about it if you're not the one having that conversation. That's true. You know, I remember a conversation very vividly as a young uh, young man. Um, you know, I, I think my, my grandfather actually taught me how to shoot bolt action. 22, but I was probably five, maybe even younger. Um, but I remember my dad talking to me about firearms. But you know, the, the most dangerous firearm is the firearm that you go over to your, you, know, you go over to a friend's house that has the dad's revolver, and he doesn't know anything about it. He's only seen video games or TVs and movies, and they think it's the toy. And uh, my dad's like, first thing and foremost, you always treat the firearm as 
it's loaded and only use it for intended purpose, which is to shoot targets or if you're hunting to, to shoot game. So right. um, I grew up in a situation, if somebody handed me a, a pistol or a rifle, um, even at a young age, I knew I would know how to use that safely. And one of the things I tell all my friends and things that are interested in providing safety and providing the last line of defense for their family if something bad happens is keep those firearms locked away from the kids, keep them safe and secure, um, and teach them how to use it. And uh, that right. way if they come across one at a friend's house where they weren't doing what they should have, they can keep their family safe. So, well, and, and, I, and um, I think that's a really important thing. You're right. It's, you know, it's one of those things. You've got the rules. Say you've got a pool. You know, that's another safety issue I think of. I think that, that's just as important to talk to a kid about. Even if you have a pool, if you don't have a pool, same if you have a gun or you don't have a gun. What happens on that play date when you've got your child who's a third grader and somebody says, hey, look what my dad has under his bed. Okay, well, have you taught your kid how to handle a situation like that? Or when the kids get older, let's say you've got some kids sitting around drinking beer, um, you know, high school kids. Not that that ever happens ever. Okay, yeah. Uh, but, but, but you know, that happens. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, yeah, my parents have a gun in their closet. Let's go check it out. So have you taught your kid that, you know what, at, at that situation, nothing good can come of that. That's a time you need to excuse yourself and leave. You need to make sure because that's, again, accidents happen. And, and just like pool safety or, you know, safe, safety driving or, hey, if some kid's drinking and driving, you're not going to get in the car with them. This is what you need to do. Have you had that conversation yep. with your kid about guns? Yep, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's right on. Um, now, I think that, you know, that's a big part of it. But, you know, the, the truth is we do live in, um, you know, we need to, we talked about this a little bit last time, but we need opportunities to teach our, our kids. Um, you know, to, you know, respect and um, to um, have responsibility. And I think that, you know, entrusting a, a young person, um, taking them to the range, you know, teaching them the, the safety and the proper use of a farm teaches that. I think teaches a great uh, amount of, um, you know, trust in that child, which gives them confidence. That confidence gives them the ability to go forward and do other things, you know, not just farms. So I think farms is a great lesson. It's important. Um, that we continue that tradition and do it the right way. So one of the things that I would say that we at Sightmark, you know, we, we want to make farms that are, uh, we, we make sites and scopes. We want to make the, that experience enjoyable. We want people to have great memories together, you know, with their friends and family um, at the range. We want them to be confident and successful. Um, we want them to feel good about that experience. And we want to share it with other people. So at the end of the day, a lot of what we try to do is try to make the outdoors, hunting, shooting, more accessible, more enjoyable, and then we want our users to be as you know as successful and competent in the, the sport as possible. And then in those situations where, um, you know, and again, last resort, somebody's breaking into your home, you have you know cops are five, ten minutes away, um, and you have to you have to defend your family. You want to make sure that the same skills and values and lessons that allow people to be safe and make right. sure that they're doing it the right way and protect their family. Um, you know, we hate that fact that it's the world we live in, but it's, it is something it, that it is, you know, it's some the reality. Have faced. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I'd much rather, you know, know that we're out there protecting people, um, from the criminals, the people that aren't using, um, you know, farms the way they're intended. So anyway, it's, it's a, for us, it's a great pleasure to be there with, with the good people who are trying to, to raise families the right way and, and doing it the right way. So. 
Well, and we and we appreciate you so much, and we appreciate all the good advice, and and um and we again, JP and I can't wait to come out to the new facility. We're super excited about that. Um, but uh, again, how how do people get in touch with you? How do they find your products? And then again, thank you so much for such great information. Absolutely, and look forward to just going deeper in the conversations in the months to come. Yes. Um, again, if anybody's interested in learning about SiteMark, go to www.sitemark.com. And you'll see about our, our product. Um, basically, we're available nationwide at every reputable gun store, shooting, uh, hunting location. Um, you know, Academy, Cabela's, Bass Pro, and all, all the independents across the state of Texas and other states in this great country of ours. So go check it out, look at the products. Um, you know, hopefully you get a chance to try them out. But uh, we, we hope uh, we can be a part of that journey with you and, and uh, you know, go out there confidently hit your target make your mark we love make your mark sight mark love it all right james thank you so much we appreciate your um your time today have a blessed week and we'll see you soon sounds great thank you all right great information as always from james seller of sight mark um just a dear friend to the crew and uh, you know somebody who's putting out um great information about how to protect your family and then you know and, and again we're going to continue to dive deeper into these conversations about how do you take care of your family protect your family and teach your kids at the same time and kind of move those those gun safety things rules on to the next generation um speaking of helping the next generation that's a segue um we've got congressman van taylor coming to us live and van taylor are you in D.C. or back in the district, um, whereabouts are you today, and how are you today? Oh, I think we've got an audio issue. Hold Let on. me first oh, there say you go. good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> there you go. And, we love uh, it. I'm, I'm fortunately in Plano, Texas. I just got to speak to the uh, Allen Sunrise Rotary. Oh, awesome. And, uh, I'm on with you, so great love to see it. everybody, and good morning. Well, we appreciate you so much coming on. So let's, right off the bat, let's get an update on what's going on in Afghanistan. We've still got so many people who are concerned about it. We've had a number of members of the crew ask to have you talk about where does this leave us? You know, we've got the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up literally Mm. right around the corner. Um, Hearing about security being tightened at sporting events and at concerts and big venues what what's it up no. please update us on afghanistan and then what do we need to do as americans to proceed you know intelligently and in a safe way with the 20 year anniversary of 911 coming up on this saturday yeah it's uh you know you know the biden administration has completely screwed this up uh, yeah. the reason it's the greatest foreign policy disaster uh, you know, of all time is because it's so hard to fix it and to know what to do. Um, and so uh, you've got, uh, you know, real problems. Um, this has done, you know, real harm to the NATO alliance. Uh, I think I may share with you a, a Republican colleague uh, who serves on the Foreign Affairs Committee in the U.S. House told me that, you know, two different NATO uh, ambassadors told him, you know, Trump would have never done this to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically left in the middle of the night and, you know, didn't bother to get input from our allies who had, you know, served beside us and fought with us and died with us for 20 years mm-hmm. uh, in Afghanistan. And some of whom thought that the right thing to do was to stay, uh, right. but they weren't asked. Uh, they were told. And so, um, 
you know, really shocking damage done to our NATO alliance. Uh, you have, um, you know, we now have created, uh, you know, the, sorry, the Biden administration uh, has allowed Afghanistan to become a, a terrorist Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, not only do they, the, the, the Biden administration allow uh, terrorists to, you know, have a, an entire country, uh, the Taliban today, thanks to Joe Biden, is more, is more powerful than it was 20 years ago. And, and it has more arms, uh, $83 billion of arms uh, are in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, we have armed terrorists, uh, we have empowered terrorists. And, and the third problem we have is we have Americans left behind. There are Americans and our allies that are trapped behind enemy lines. And it is unclear how many there are. And there is very, there is no plan to get them out. Uh, the Biden administration has said they want to get them out, but they just do not seem uh, to have any idea about what they're going to do or how they're going to do it. And again, this is a foreign policy disaster because you don't know what to do. Uh, the problem, what they've broken is so serious, uh, you know, damaging our alliances, uh, creating a terrorist uh, training ground and, um, and, and having Americans trapped behind enemy lines. Uh, the other thing I'll say is, you know, uh, you know Sweden uh, has said that they will not recognize the Taliban uh, and that they will not fund the Taliban. Uh, the Biden administration has said that they will send aid to Afghanistan, and they are toying with the idea of recognizing the Taliban. So that's staggering. I mean, I can't even I'm stuttering and stammering on my words, because how is that even a thought in anyone's head, Congressman? You know, the, the idea that you would need to tell an American president, hey, let's be tough on terrorists. Let's be at least as tough as the Swedes uh, is, is shocking. Yeah. It is shocking. Yeah. Uh, it is really disappointing uh, on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, I, I mean, I hope that my fear is incorrect. I hope that, there, you know, there never is a terrorist attack again from Afghanistan on the United States. But you've got ISIS there. You've got Al-Qaeda mm. there. Uh, we know uh, that Al-Qaeda you know, set up training camps there uh, 25 years ago, and they trained the 9-11 hijackers in training camps in Afghanistan. Mm. Uh, and so there is a track record of this. Uh, that's why we went there in the first place 20 years ago. Uh, and you know, I'm very concerned that the Biden administration uh, has set up a very dangerous situation for every American uh, to be open to terrorist attacks. Mm, it just, I, I, I really have a hard time wrapping my head around this, Congressman, because this is, this is just these are conversations you never thought we obviously, especially ever since nine eleven, it seems like it was it it shouldn't be it shouldn't have been should not be currently a political issue. We should always be able to feel safe to go to school, to the store, to work, um, out to the park and walk your dog, to a movie, to a restaurant, wherever you're going as an American here on American soil. For those of us who have not worn the uniforms or do not wear the uniform, we should have the expectation that when I walk out, at least I'm safe on my own soil. And I kind of feel like that's being left in the dust and are we going to, you know, what what do we set what do we set ourselves up for at that point? Well, and again, you you just see the the Biden administration 
so feckless, right? I mean, mm. hey, we might consider, you know, uh, uh, you know, recognizing the Taliban. We will send aid to Afghanistan. Uh, it's just, it, it's just, you know, other countries have the right thing to do. And I actually joined on the legislation last week in Congress saying we should not recognize the Taliban. We should not fund the Taliban. Um, and, and this is something that just, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible how weak. So it's not just that, you know, I, 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 you know, it's not just that Biden, you know, didn't listen, failed to see, you know, things happened that he was surprised by. He continues to make very poor decisions, refuses to be tough on terrorists, right. refuses to get Americans out, uh, you know, or cannot get Americans out or doesn't know where Americans are there. Um, and so it's, it's, it's very concerning. Uh, it, it is, and, and and rightfully so. I mean, this is one of those things that I really don't think it should matter if you've got an R or a D or if you identify with a certain party. At the end of the day, if we're not safe, discussions about discussions about taxation and discussions about um, you know pro life and different all these different discussions. If you are not safe traveling to and from, you know, your, your spots that you go to on a regular basis as a member of, you know, society, then we've got a problem. We've got a much bigger problem. Um, and let's let's transition into something a little more um, hopeful, a, a little more encouraging, and that you've got a service academy, I believe, coming up in September? Sure. Yeah, no, we have on September 25th at the Collin College Preston Ridge Campus in Frisco, we have a service academy uh, information forum. So that's for all the service academies. So West Point, uh, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, Merchant Marine Academy, and the Coast Guard Academy. Uh, and we will have um, a general session and then we'll actually have breakout sessions where we actually have uh, people that know West Point, know the admissions process, sit down and talk about West Point and why you should go, what the features are of the place, how to get in, things like that. This this uh, forum is actually to anybody. Obviously, it's focused on people from the third district, but we have had people drive two hours wow. uh, to come to the forum uh, because it's one of the few in the area, and they're serious and interested about you know going to West Point or finding out more about the Naval Academy, the Air Force Academy. Um, you know, as bad as things are uh, with the Biden administration's feckless uh, lack of leadership uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, when you meet these young people um, and you realize that they're going to go and serve their country, uh, go be in harm's way, uh, it gives you a lot of hope for the future of our country. Absolutely. You know, it, it is very exciting because you hear, I think you hear so many negatives about um, kids, young adults out there nowadays. Um, and some of it, it is what it is. You've, you've got some kids who have, you know, just kind of lived off of the um, the stimulus check and they're partying and playing video games. But then you also have the kids who, you know, they're 16, 17 years old, and they are literally just chomping at the bit to be able to go to a service academy so they can wear that uniform and they can serve their country and they can do it, uh, you know, um, in, a, in a way that includes integrity and leadership and things of that nature, which sometimes you hear go by the wayside. So it's always very exciting to hear about kids like this. Is this something that you do every year? Because it seems like I remember you doing this in past years as well. Yes, we, we, we do this every year. Uh, it's an annual event. And again, it's, it's something that's really needed uh, in our community. I mean, we have a lot of great individuals who, you know, great young men and women 
to you know, graduate from high school and go to the service academies. Uh, and, you know, we want to make sure that we're helping them uh, get a leg up. And, you know, part of it is helping them figure out, do I want to go? Uh, right. That's kind of the right. first step. And then, can, you know, can I get in and how do I get in? Uh, and, you know, and then one, one track that we do have is, you know, for people that are a little bit weaker academically, uh, we actually have a, we, we help them go to the preparatory schools. So there's a Naval Academy preparatory school um, uh, in, I believe it's in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, there's an Air Force prep school. There's a, there's a West Point prep school. And it's for a PG year, right? So it's for somebody who, you know, maybe academically wasn't as strong in high school, but you know what, we're going to you know, you have good test scores. So we're going to send you to a year uh, to kind of, you know, help you uh, bone up on your, on your, on your, your reading and your writing, your arithmetic, and then we'll, we'll send you on to, uh, we'll send you on to West Point or, or, or one of the service academies. So um, that is a great opportunity. Uh, we help people with that. Um, and so just helping people find all the different ways uh, to go to the, the service academies and, uh, and find find what's a, a good fit for them. And I guess some people, you know, the journey of self-discovery, you realize, hey, you know what? I thought I wanted to go to West Point, but, you know, I decided that I actually, I'm going to take an ROTC scholarship, you know, instead. Right. Or I'm not, you know, I don't want to go to West Point. Actually, I want to go to the Naval Academy. So for some people, uh, they come to this with just that I'm interested in the military. Maybe I should think about, you know, a service academy. And so they come and they listen and kind of, you know, do I see myself? Uh, doing that, you know, and, and, and also, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I want to go to the Air Force Academy. I like the Air Force. I'm not sure what I want to do in the Air Force. Uh, I don't want to fly for whatever reason. And I, I think I think one year we had a, a young woman who, you know, from from Collin County, right. uh, you know, who who had become a cybersecurity major uh, at the Air Force Academy and was on the skydiving team. Wow. Uh, and had done over 1,000 jumps uh, into awesome. Oh, that's so <laughs> awesome. You know, <laughs> on, on the taxpayer dime, you know, jumping out of airplanes you know, <laughs> every weekend, uh, you know, going to sporting, going to sporting events, uh, you know, and, you know, for the Precision Air Force skydiving yeah. team. Uh, and she was a cybersecurity, you know, expert in the Air Force. And so, uh, you know, she's got a bright future ahead of her and yes. she's serving her country and she's doing it in the Air Force. And so, you know, look, but part of it is hearing those stories, seeing these uh, these different individuals uh, in their action and deciding, you know, hey, what, what is it I want to do? And again, it's open for anybody. Uh, so if you know somebody who's a junior, it's designed for juniors in high school okay. who has even the slightest inclination to go to a service academy, I highly recommend they go to this. Perfect. Program. And they can just get in touch with your office and... Um, and, and uh, talk sure. to one of your staffers yeah, that to, way. Just, just, uh, my, I'll have my staff put something on the on the Facebook okay. screen, but, okay. but 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 uh, but you know, you got just Google Van Taylor Congressman, and it'll you'll see it, and we'll have a notice uh, on our website for when the exact location. But it's on it's on September 25th at Collin College, Preston Ridge. Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you. Anything else going on um, around the district? Um, is there, Have you heard, are you going to be at any events for um, uh, the 20th um, anniversary of 9-11? Are you going to be um, paying tribute yeah. to those we lost? I will be I will be uh, in McKinney uh, Saturday morning. Uh, they have, a, I've been asked to speak there uh, at their event. So I'll be, I'll be there remembering that fateful day. Uh, and uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll just kind of, you know, a, a quick story that I know you've heard me tell a few times, but uh, while I was in the, I was active duty in the Marine Corps and I joined the Marine Reserves, so I continued to serve my country. I got my MBA 
uh, from the Harvard Business School, which was in Boston. Right. Uh, my Marine Reserve unit was actually in Washington, D.C., and if you've flown into Reagan National, you look across the Potomac, you can see the Anacostia Naval Annex, which is actually where I would drill uh, one weekend a month. And, um, you know, my last drill came up after I graduated from business school, and I was going to drive back to Texas and uh, go into, go start working. And, uh, I, you know, there was a friend of mine getting married that weekend, and I called up the unit up and said, hey, instead of showing up Monday, Tuesday, can I show uh, instead of showing up Saturday, Sunday, which was drill weekend, I show up Monday, Tuesday, and check out. They said, hey, Kevin Taylor, show up on Monday. We'll get you all checked out. And so show up on Monday, did all my checkout. Tuesday morning, all I need to do is hand in my canteens. I figured, hey, it's, you know, it's 9 in the morning. I'll go over to the Pentagon. Uh, never been. I always want to go. I'll grab lunch. Uh, go to Henderson Hall. Go to headquarters Marine Corps. Check it out. Uh, never always wanted to go over there and just, just, you know, walk around the building, just kind of see the Pentagon. But I never got there because that day was Tuesday, yeah. September 11th, mm. 2001. Mm. Um, and, so, and everything, everything uh, changed. Never, now I'll never get watching the smoke uh, come up from the Pentagon that day, yeah. uh, and that we were under attack. Mm. And um, you know what, Marines were in Afghanistan, you know, a few weeks later, and we deposed the Taliban and eliminated the terrorist training camps. Uh, right. That was the right thing to do then, and we invoked Article Five: um, attack on one is an attack on all. Yes. Uh, in NATO, and our NATO allies stood beside us, uh, and they stood beside us for 20 years. And unfortunately, the Biden administration has really, really screwed this up, mm. and they continue to screw it up. I think that's probably the most upsetting part, is that, you know, they tried to say this was a successful withdrawal, and, you know, we should be so proud, and I just, you know, this is a terror, it's a disaster, and it continues to be a disaster. We still have America's trapped behind any lines. Mm. Um, the, the Taliban, is, you know, they said, oh, we'll respect the rights of women. They've attacked uh, women in the street. They, you know, appointed an all-male government, interim government. Right. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, you know, the Taliban. You know, we're gonna we're gonna look and see what the Taliban does, uh, says the Biden administration. But, you know, they one of the things they told us in writing is that they would they would cut a deal with the Ghani government. They didn't do that. They deposed the Ghani government. Yeah. They violate. I mean, you know, the agreement that they they cut with President Trump. You know, they completely violated that. Um, and um, uh, actually, I'll, since you're letting me ramble on, yeah, I'll, yeah, one, please one do. Thing, one, of the, one of the one of the big things that really has been frustrating to me is watch the Biden administration attempt to try to tell the American people, well, we we left Afghanistan because Trump made us do it, um, and, and, and that infuriates not, me. That's not it's not true. It's not well, true. It's, it's a complete dissemblance of the facts. Uh, if you read the agreement, it's in black and white. It's in English. You can read it. Uh, and it, it required, it said, Taliban, if you do the following, if you get rid of al-Qaeda, if you go after al-Qaeda, if you do not attack uh, the provincial capital, and if you cut a deal with the Ghani government uh, in Kabul, then we will leave. Right. right. So it, it set up a track for peace in Afghanistan. Taliban stops doing what they're doing. And they kind of come over to the side of good. Then we'll, then we'll, we will, we the United States will leave. Well, the Taliban, when when Biden made that announcement, they had not cut a deal. They had integrated Al Qaeda into into their into their command structure. The, the, the opposite of attacking and going after the Taliban, they'd actually cut a deal with the Taliban and Al Qaeda. Uh, and so, I mean, really, 
what President Biden did, he did not honor President Trump's agreement. He dishonored it. I mean, right. he, he, he went the opposite direction of what was clearly in black and white. And it's, and that, it, it's been amazing to me um, that, the, that a lot of the mainstream media is either ignorant of what that deal says, didn't bother to read it, or just was going to let Biden you know, basically dissemble uh, to the United States what that agreement said. Um, it did set up a peace process. There's no question about that. But it did not. It was it was not done in a in a forthright way. So, this administration has really botched it on so many levels. It was you know, President Biden made a unilateral decision. I'm leaving. I want to leave. I'm out. And then he really screwed up, and he continues to screw it up. That's I think that's the most most frustrating part of all is that we continue to see. You know, you know, we're just not getting Americans out. Um, no, no, we're not. And and I think what, you know, what's frustrating for me, and, and I, gosh, I'll, I'll have to be honest with you, man. I, I have to literally, I have to just sometimes just, you know, turn the news off or, you know, I, I'll have folks, oh, Kathy, you've got to watch this clip. It infuriates me so much because I feel so disrespected as an American citizen because our president is lying to us and he thinks we're so stupid and so clueless and that we're going to believe whatever he puts out there whatever his his press people put out there whatever the liberal media puts out there and that we're just going to believe these lies and we're going to forget about innocent americans and those who helped us over in afghanistan I think we would be in in it would be inhumane of us to just take that hook line and sinker and go oh okay I guess so if if you if you're still over there and you're an American you want to be over there when that's not the case I mean do you feel like we're being so disrespected by the leader of the free world it, it it's it's just heartbreaking what the, <sighs> the lack of leadership and I, and I'll say that you know the other part of the lack of leadership is in Congress. Uh, you know, w- there is bipartisan uh, will to make sure that every American and every American ally is pulled out of Afghanistan. Um, and there is a bill uh, that Mike Gallagher, Congressman, uh, colleague, fellow Marine, uh, filed that said, we're, we're staying behind until we get everybody out. Leave no one behind. Right. Uh, and that is very much part of my ethos as a Marine, uh, particularly as a reconnaissance Marine, yes. when going for you know behind enemy lines, leaving no man behind is as a whole new meeting. Right, <laughs> right, meeting. yes. Uh, for, for me personally, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's a visceral feeling that I have, particularly as a as a as an officer, as a platoon commander who's sending teams behind enemy lines. I mean, occasionally I would go behind enemy lines, but right. you know, sending teams out and hey, I have a commitment to every single one of you to bring absolutely. you back. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and, and this, this lack of – and Congress could meet you know, this afternoon. Nancy Pelosi could call Congress in and say, we are telling the president, we are telling the president, you're getting everybody out, mm-hmm. period, full stop. So, um, so, if, so we ha- if we had a Speaker of the House who wasn't trying to politicize this, you're saying that we do have an opportunity, or Congress does, sure. to help these yeah, people. Was- and I'm sure you're one of the congressmen. Again, you're chomping at the bit saying, hey, let's do this. But yep. you're running yeah, we, into we, a brick wall. Absolutely. We, we have that power. We have that ability. Uh, Congress is, you know, it, it, some people say it's a co-equal branch. It really is the more powerful branch because they can tell the president what to do. Right. They could say, Mr. President, 
you are not leaving. You are instructed. You know, here it is in law. You cannot leave until everybody's out. Right. I mean, we, we, Congress has the ability to tell the president what to do. And it's in the Constitution. I mean, that is, that is a constitutional yes. power of the Congress. The Constitution. Let's um, remember that document. Yes. Oh, and so it is, it is shocking to me that you have a, you know, a, you know, that, you know, that not only is the Biden, is President Biden feckless and not doing a good job, but Congress will not step in to give direction and say, hey, get everybody out. I mean, right. look, I want to I want to give you know credit to the, the Democrat members of Congress that said, hey, we need to get everybody out. There are many right. of them. That, um, You're right. You know, as, as the as the Republican co-head of a group called Four Country, 25 veterans. Uh, we stepped up as a group and said, we want to get everybody out. Right. Uh, we want to get every American out, every ally out. We're not, we shouldn't leave. But the next step, which is, okay, the president wouldn't listen. He said, no, we're leaving. We're leaving people behind. I don't know how many I'm leaving behind. And, you know, he's not even really trying very, as far as I can tell, he's not trying very hard to get them out. doesn't seem concerned about it. Um, you know, Congress has the ability, if it wanted to, to put a law down to say, you're pulling every body right. out mr president you're doing it right um but you know nancy pelosi is not interested in doing that mm. uh she's interested in spending trillions of dollars uh you know which will you know fuel inflation and really hurt our economy for you know for the next generation i mean this will be um you know i think you know inflation is going to be a defining event uh for uh, my children's right. generation. I, I think I think you are absolutely, unfortunately, correct on that. And, and we really appreciate you spending some extra time with us today and talking about what's going on because, you know, we've got so much going on at once. With We're, we're sitting here looking at 20 years past 9-11. Um, where are we as a country? And unfortunately, in the last few weeks, we've moved backwards as far as our safety. Sure. And then, then, Congressman, you've got Americans who, I mean, and, and you, you see it. I mean, I'm, I know you're part of a, a lot of these groups where people are asking for prayers for the Americans over there, and you're hearing horror stories. You know, we've got missionaries over there. We've got people who are scared to death, yet they're trying to minimize it. The administration and Biden and his folks are trying to minimize this. At, at some point, you can't minimize human life. Yeah. Well, and, and let me let me just say that, you know, some people have asked, well, what was the point of Afghanistan? And the answer was for 20 years, we denied terrorists a safe haven to conduct training, to conduct attacks on the right. United States. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, they didn't have that training ground for 20 years. They have it today. And I, you know, and look, when we pulled out of Iraq precipitously in 2012, we created a vacuum that ISIS filled, and ISIS sent terrorists uh, to Europe, and they conducted attacks. We had to take take that space back. Now we did that primarily with Iraqi forces um, and the and U.S. air power, right. but you know it was we were able to get that done and take ISIS back. You know, President Trump cleaned up Obama's mess uh, in Syria by defeating yep. ISIS yep. finally. Um, you know, and we, you know, President Biden has created a mess again. Um, and, mm -hmm. and the problem, again, it is a very difficult problem to solve. You know, when we invaded Afghanistan in 2001, a third of the country was under the power, under the control of the Northern Alliance. And so we were able to team up with the Northern Alliance to then in turn take over the rest of Afghanistan. There is no Northern Alliance now. There is mm -hmm. a very, very, very small resistance in the Panjshir Valley. 
um, of the 20 million people in Afghanistan, like something like 150,000 are in the Panjshir Valley. So it's just, you, you just have a, it is a much, much harder problem today than it ever was uh, before President Biden made these terrible decisions and continues to make terrible decisions and actually is interested in having you not even look at his terrible decisions and even worse is trying to tell you, oh, no, this was a success. No, we're, and, and we are being lied to. You know, um, Coach Quigley, one of the members of the crew, said um, he said it's hard it's hard to decipher who lies more, Biden or the Taliban. So when your own American president is being put in the category or has put himself in this category, you know, Americans are not are not stupid. We're intelligent, resilient people who can do our own research and we know what's going on. So to continue to be lied to, again, I just, I just feel like, you know, how dare you, how dare you? And so I, you know, um, I was able to go to a a great uh, Labor Day rally um, where we celebrated uh, Americans who work hard on Monday. And one of the things we talked about was 2022, and I know, I know, and and you've run for office a number of times, so you know every year is the most important year. Boy, howdy, 2022, Americans have got to wake up and they've got to get out. This this cycle of midterm elections, Congressman, is more important than ever because you're right. If we can, if we can, if Republicans can get the House back, we can unseat Nancy Pelosi as speaker and then in a situation like you said today you could be in DC casting a vote to make sure that every single American comes home safely yep I mean that's simple we could do it yeah Yeah. no it's uh it's really shocking and look you know the you know the Taliban is ascendant um and you know, China and Russia, which, you know, in the geography of Afghanistan, it's probably, probably the, you know, it's unique in the world in that it is completely landlocked. And so, whereas most of the rest of the world, the, you know, the U.S. Marine Corps could show up offshore and project, or a carrier group can go offshore and project. I mean, it's an eight-hour flight uh, from gutter to Afghanistan. Right. I mean, that, that, that's here to, that's here to Hawaii. Right. Uh, it's right. a heck of a fight. It's a really difficult place to get to. But for the Chinese and the Russians, they can drive there. I was going to say, um, it's, it's just right around the corner. Yeah, and, yeah, and we've got to pay is, attention to, to things like that. You can't, you cannot ignore that. No, you, you, no, you, you ignore it at your own peril. And we ignored yes. it in the 90s yep. uh, at, at our own peril. And so, well, gee, we hope that these terrorists that are being trained in Afghanistan don't come out to the United States. And they did. And they did, yeah. September 11, 2001. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was a fateful day, and I'm I'm afraid that we're going to see that again. Um, and I, you know, it's just hard to believe that you know we're looking to to Sweden uh, as being tough on terrorists. It's hard to believe that you would actually, you know, Mr. President, you should be tough on terrorists. You shouldn't recognize a terrorist regime. Uh, you shouldn't fund a terrorist regime. But the you know they're again the American State Department said hey we're sending aid to Afghanistan right we're sending we're it's, it's incredible yeah and and really the biggest news that I thought would come out from Sweden was that 
ABBA, after 40 years, is reuniting as a band. And instead, we're sitting here talking about them in a foreign policy matter. It's it's insane. This is like um, that, that episode, I think it was Seinfeld, that had a bizarro world, and it was like all opposite and topsy-turvy and upside down. I, that's unfortunately, and, and I'm, I'm making light of it because you can either laugh or you can cry, it's a real sad situation because look where we are. This This is insanity that we're America, and doggone it, we're not acting like it because we've got a president who won't let us. Yeah. Well, it is, it is very unfortunate all the way around. So, uh, thank you for, thank you for listening. It's great. Well, to be with we, us. we appreciate, we appreciate your time and the crew appreciates you so much. And hopefully, and some of us will be able to see you my, uh, Saturday at the event in McKinney for nine 11. Just, um, take care of yourself. Keep up the good work. Uh, try to keep, pushing back the forces of darkness. I know that's Thanks, not Kat. not easy gig right now, but we do appreciate you and your leadership. Thanks so much, Thank Congressman. You. Have a All great right. day. Thank you. All, All right. right. Congressman Van Taylor of Congressional District 3, very fortunate that he is a congressman of um, us out here at Venture X um, here in Frisco, where we um, are broadcasting again this morning. Uh, you know, we've got, um, we're very fortunate that um, we are represented by somebody who does understand Americans need to be safe. Unfortunately, when you get to D.C., um, the party in charge um, is blocking Americans' safety at every angle. So it's just it's just heartbreaking. Um, uh, Greg Abbott has called for a third special session. I, I think we're going to have either a state rep or have um, maybe um, Angela Paxton back on here in the next couple of weeks to talk about um, special sessions. We've had a couple of them. What has gone on? What has what has what have we been able to do? The Democrats finally came back. I have a feeling for this next special session, you will see Democrats with butts in seats because it's redistricting. And so everybody's um, looking at the new census material. Uh, the next legislative session, our third special session, Gover Governor Abbott has called for the special session to begin at 10 a.m. on Monday, September the 20th. The agenda for the special session will focus on five items, including redistricting maps. So that is the drawing of your state rep lines, your state senate lines, your congressional lines. Um, lots of people are looking at that because of the census and and all of the new information that has come out. Obviously, our population has grown. And so where will the new lines be drawn? So that's that's a key factor. And that's one of the things I know the Democrats are going to have a vested interest in that. So I, I assume they will not be taking a vacation during this session. Um, we're going to have um, uh, the United States or the, the uh, census Again, like I mentioned, the Texas House of Representatives, the Texas Senate, State Board of Education, I forgot to mention that one, and the United States House of Representatives. The Texas legislature now has the opportunity to redraw legislative and congressional districts in accordance with the new census numbers, Abbott said in a statement on Tuesday. In addition to redistricting, there are still issues remaining that are critical to building a stronger and brighter future for all Texans. So um, we'll be definitely talking about this this. Um, uh, upcoming special session, which starts at 10 o'clock on September the 20th. Extremely important um, time for those state House, um, House members and our um, state senators who will be meeting. So stay tuned for more of that. Have a blessed day. Um, what else do we have coming? Um, we've got 
I'm trying to think which. Oh, the lawyer show is back live tomorrow. Then um, Friday, you'll see JP and I again, and we will have um, this pink cloud, oh, uh, the snarky parenthetical, and then a special Kilroy's conversation on Saturday for 9/11. And then we will also um, have Ask Doctor Be Good on Sunday. So just. I feel kind of crazy, Brett. You know, it's like it's Wednesday. I feel like I, I feel like I've been absent for a couple of days or something. It's crazy. Anyways, we're, we're hoping you have a blessed day and a blessed week, and we will see you soon. Take care.